Hello, and welcome to another episode of Murder and Wine. I, Quinn, said the name of my own podcast wrong in the first episode. Oops. This is Murder and Wine, not Wine and Murder. My bad. Uh, Okay, so uh, once again, we're just going to get right into it. This is a very dark, uh, very disturbing story. Major, major, huge trigger warning for rape. Uh, It's just awful and disgusting. And honestly, I felt sick just researching it. So just keep that in mind. Um, This is the story of Paul Martin Andrews, AKA the boy in the box. And my sources for this story come from Wikipedia, of course, Morbidology.com, and Medium.com. So, Paul Martin Andrews was born in Virginia in 1959. I couldn't find too much about his young personal life, so let's just get into it. On January 11th, 1973, in Portsmouth, Virginia, The local schools were having a snow day. Do you guys remember snow days when we were in school? Ugh. Paul, who was only 13 years old at the time, was walking to a local convenience store by himself to get some milk. At this time, a blue Ford van pulled up beside him and told little Paul he would give him some money if Paul helped him move some furniture. What? The hell is it with Ford vehicles? The last episode I did, Angela Hammond was abducted by a man in a Ford truck. There's something wrong with Ford vehicles. So anyways, this being the 70s and Paul being young, he agreed and hopped in the van with the man who identified himself as Pee Wee. Oh my god, I don't know if you can hear the cat I'm looking after in the background. My apologies if you can. So, yeah, the man identified himself as Pee-wee. I, personally, don't think I could ever trust someone who calls themselves Pee-wee. Like, that in and of itself is just creepy as all hell. Anyways, Pee-wee drove them along a dirt road near Dismal Swamp, which is in southeast Virginia. And this this is a huge swamp like massive lake drummond is in the center of it and it's a big lake it's 13 kilometers squared so like a lot of area is covered in the span of this swamp so across this dirt road there was a locked chain and peewee told paul that they were going to have to walk past it to get to the deer box where they could get the key to unlock the chain that itself is just so suspicious like my red flags red lights would be just going off like fucking crazy so paul followed peewee to the box and when they got there peewee said that his brother keeps the box underground so he can hide in there while he hunts deer sure the box was small it was four feet wide four feet high and eight feet long So, like, it wasn't a big box. It would be uncomfortable for me to be in it, and I'm not even five feet. 
so sorry okay this is where it gets fucked so peewee got into the box and told paul that paul needed to come in as well because he needed help lifting some things out of the box once paul got in there peewee said and i quote i've got bad news for you you've just been kidnapped that is just so fucked up and it gives me chills okay so he this is trigger warning for rape and abuse it's not good so peewee told paul to strip naked and lie down and he proceeded to cover him with vaseline and raped him and he continued to do this for eight fucking days it became like a routine for him peewee oh sorry paul was uh also beat by peewee giving him black eyes and breaking his nose and he broke one of his teeth and during this whole time Paul would try and like talk, have a conversation with Pee-wee, hoping that maybe he wouldn't sexually assault him, but it never worked. And Pee-wee continued to rape Paul every day for the next eight days. And the very first day that Pee-wee kidnapped Paul, he raped him four times. Just a sick, twisted fucking man. So Pee-wee let Paul out of the box occasionally so they could cook food, but Pee-wee always threatened Paul that if he tried to run away, he would hang him from a tree and beat him. Yeah. So finally, on day eight, Pee-wee wasn't by the box, and Paul took that as his chance to get the fuck out. He started screaming for help, and miraculously, and thank fucking goodness, two rabbit hunters saw the box and heard Paul screaming and immediately ran to it. They called the police, who arrived shortly after that, and they took pictures of Paul while he was still in the box, chained up. They had to use bolt cutters to free him. Oh, it just makes me sick. Like, genuinely sick to my stomach. So, after he was rescued, he was taken to Obichi Memorial Hospital. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, where his mother worked, actually, as a nurse. She was quoted saying he looked filthy, exhausted, but he was excited to be out. Uh, and he was able to reunite with his siblings and his sister. This breaks my heart. His sister said she remembered... The thing she remembered the most was the look in his eyes, and he wasn't the same boy that she knew anymore. Like, that just... Ugh, like, this poor fucking 13-year-old boy. Ugh, okay. So, Paul was able to pick Pee-wee out of a lineup, and we learned Pee-wee's real name is Richard Alvin Osley, who is a repeat offender. Actually, on the day that he kidnapped Paul, he was supposed to appear in court for a charge of sodomy on a 14-year-old boy. And at the same time as that, 
He was on parole because he abducted a 10-year-old in 1961 who he sexually assaulted and left in the woods. Like, this guy is just the biggest piece of shit in the entire world. So, Richard... Richard Alvin Ozzy was sentenced to 48 years in prison. Um, he should have been sentenced to life and rotted away in there. But anyways. Uh, so after the whole fucked up incident, Paul naturally suffered a lot with his mental health. And he was understandably scared to be alone with any man, including his own father. Uh, and he was sent to counseling and then he went to a psychiatric hospital for a while to get mental help. So Paul graduated from high school, he moved to Fort Lauderdale, and he slowly began to trust people again, which I I can't imagine how long that would take to feel like you can trust anyone and like that he's just so strong. Um, so Paul didn't actually come forward with his story until 2002 when Richard Osley had his mandatory parole. Hi Chester, I hear you I hear you yelling, bud. Had his ma- he Richard had his mandatory parole in 2002. So a law was going to be passed in Virginia that would allow for violent sex offenders to be put in an institution after they served their prison time if they were still a threat to society. But this law wasn't going to be passed until 2004 because lack of funds. And get this, Richard said he was no longer a threat to society. Here is his quote. I know I'm in here on some very bad charges, but my past is in the past and that's where it's going to stay. I've got too much going for me out there, too much to look forward to. Like, yeah, you are in here on some very bad charges. No, your past is not in the past. You've got too much going for you out there. So did the literal children that you preyed on who are now scarred for the rest of their lives. Like, So Paul decided to speak up at this and he said, once again, I quote, this man is a monster. He preys on children. This is someone who raped and kidnapped and beat a 13-year-old child and buried him in the ground and left him to die. That gives me goosebumps. So Virginia attorney Jerry W. Kilgore heard about Richard possibly getting on parole. He urged that the state find and get the funds to keep violent offenders like Richard behind bars. And in December of 2002, that happened. They got the funds. Hallelujah. So Richard, still in jail, denied parole, thank goodness, wrote a letter to the newspaper saying, here's a fucking dumbass quote again. There are not words to express the remorse I feel for the disregard towards another human being that I have shown Mr. Andrews. I take full responsibility for my actions surrounding the abuse of Mr. Andrews. I also acknowledge that Mr. Andrews Andrews was a victim of a man who desperately needed treatment. 
I sincerely apologize to Mr. Andrews and his family for the pain and suffering I have put them through because of my inappropriate behavior behavior and poor judgment. I would have just ripped that note up without even reading it. So, remember I was talking about the 14-year-old boy that Richard sexually assaulted that he was supposed to be in court for the day that he kidnapped Paul? That 14-year-old boy came forward once he heard about Paul's story, which is just absolutely amazing that he found the strength to come forward, even though he said he thought it was too late to come forward, but it's, it's never too late, ever. So Richard was on trial again for that, which he pleaded guilty for with absolutely no contest and was sentenced to an additional five years in prison. In January of the next year, Richard Alvin Osley was found deceased in his jail cell. He was strangled to death by his cellmate. He was put in a cell with Dewey Keith Venable, who was molested as a child, and who even told the guards not to put him in a cell with a child molester. And honestly, I have a theory that the guards knew exactly what they were doing. And I can't say what I want to say. Um, but you know, I, I'm not that upset. I'm not upset at all, actually, that they placed him in there. So even after all the torment that Richard put Paul through, when Paul found out about uh, Richard's death, he still said... This isn't what I wanted. I don't hate Richard Osley. Which I don't know how you couldn't, but Paul is a better person than I. I will just say that. So later on in his life, Paul went on to become an advocate for rape survivors, and he provided additional funding to keep violent sex offenders locked up after their sentence ended. So that is the story of Paul Martin Andrews, The Boy in the Box. How fucked up is that? Oh, I also read somewhere else that um, Richard tried to play the victim. I can't remember which article it was from, but he said something like, I'll be locked up for life. Marty made sure of that or something like that like imagine doing the things you like he did and having a victim mentality like I can't wrap my head around that but I just want to say that Paul what he went through and to be able to come forward like that being well, he, I guess he didn't come forward as a kid, but being able to come forward at all is so fucking strong. And then to be able to allow other victims to come forward, it's just, I, it just, at this, this case, when I was researching it, it brought tears to my eyes because there are some fucked up people in the world. But maybe, 
next episode, I will find something that's a little more lighthearted because these have been a couple pretty heavy ones. But I appreciate you all for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.